Section 23 of The Art of Bookbinding, A Practical Treatise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melvin Lee. The Art of Bookbinding by Joseph William Zonsdorf. Chapter 24. Washing and Cleaning. Reviving Old Writings 1. Brush the paper over carefully with a solution of sulfocyanide of potassium. 1 in 20. Then, while still damp, hold over a dish containing hot muriatic acid. The writing will develop deep red. Wash the writing with a very weak solution of hydrochloric acid. Then carefully apply infusion of galls. 3. For letters that have been in seawater, wash with warm water to remove the salt. Then soak in weak solution of gallic acid, about 3 grains to the ounce. If this does not make the writing legible enough, wash thoroughly in clean water and soak in a solution of protosulfate of iron. 10 grains to the ounce. To restore writing effaced by chlorine. 1. Expose the writing to the vapor of sulfuret of ammonia or dip it in a solution of the sulfuret. 2. Ferrocyanide of potassium, 5 parts. Water, 85 parts. Dissolve and immerse the paper in the fluid, then slightly acidulate the solution with sulfuric acid. Guitaud discovered that sulfuret of ammonia or pyrostatic of potash revives writing effaced by oxymuric acid. To restore MSS faded by time, a moderately concentrated solution of tannin washed over the paper. The MS to be carefully dried. To preserve drawings or manuscripts, mix with every 100 parts of collodion, 2 parts of sterine. Place the paper in question on a perfectly level and even surface, such as a marbled table or large slab of glass. Give the paper a thin coat of this collodion, and in about 20 minutes it will be protected by a transparent brilliant and imperishable envelope. To fix drawings or pencil marks, pass the paper through a bath of thin size made either from gelatin or isinglass or a bath of skim milk. To render the paper waterproof, take a borax 100 parts, water 2,250 parts, Boil, and while stirring, gradually add powdered shellac, 300 parts. When the whole is dissolved, strain through muslin. This will keep a long time and may be bottled. To render paper incombustible, pass the paper through a strong solution of alum and hang up to dry. The following, taken from the English Mechanic, June 19, 1874, is, I think, of great use to the professional restore of old books, 
and will give the binder an idea of what has to be done sometimes. Deciphering Burnt Documents M. Rathlot, an officer of the Paris Law Courts, has succeeded in an ingenious manner in transcribing a number of the registers which were burnt during the commune. These registers had remained so long in the fire that each of them seemed to have become a homogeneous block, more like a slab of charcoal than anything else, and when an attempt was made to detach a leaf, it fell away into powder. He first cut off the back of the book, he then steeped the book in water, and afterwards exposed it, all wet as it was, to the heat of the mouth of a warming pipe, called Oriferé. The water, as it evaporated, raised the leaves one by one, and they could then be separated, but with extraordinary precaution. Each sheet was then deciphered and transcribed. The appearance of the pages was very curious. The writing appeared of a dull black, while the paper was of a lustrous black, something like a velvet decorations on a black satin ground, so that the entries were not difficult to decipher. Insects A library has generally three kinds of enemies to be guarded against viz. insects, dampness, and rats or mice. Blades, in his Enemies of Books, includes bookbinders. Everyone is supposed to know how to guard against dampness and rats, or mice. Several means are known how to keep insects at a distance. The first consists in the proper choice of woods for the bookcase. These are cedar, cypress, mahogany, sandal, or very dry and sound oak. All these are compact or of very strong aroma, and are such as insects do not like to pierce. Another source of danger is the use of chemicals in the binding of books. The insects that make ravages in books multiply very rapidly, and very few libraries are free from them. The microscopic eggs that are left in the female give birth to a small grub, which pierces the leather boards and book for its nourishment and to get air. These are familiarly called bookworms, but for the scientific world they are known as hypothenemus, eruditus, which eats the leather, and anobium, stratum, which bores through the paper. The larvae of the Dermestus also attack wood as well as books. An instance of how these insects were once managed, M. Faberini, director of the Museum of Florence, who possessed a magnificent library, found, after a year's absence, in the wood and furniture great havoc made by insects, and his books spoilt by the larvae, so much so that it gave a fair promise of the total destruction of the whole, unless he could find a method to exterminate the pests. He first painted the holes over with wax, but shortly after he found new worms, which killed every particle of wood they touched. He plunged the ordinary wood in arsenic and oil, and other portions he anointed 
once every month with olive oil, in which he had boiled arsenic, until the color and odor announced that the solution was perfect. The number then diminished, but a similar method could not be employed for books. M. Fabrini resolved to anoint the back and sides with aquafortis. In an instant, the Dermestus abandoned their habitation and wandered to the wood. The oil having evaporized, they commenced to develop again and again began their attacks on the newly bound books. He saw amongst the many spoilt books one remaining intact, and on inquiry found that turpentine had been used in the paste. He then ordered that for the future all paste should be mixed with some such poison. This precaution had the beneficial result. It is not only in Europe that these worms make such ravages in libraries. In the warmer climes they appear to be even more dangerous, and it is a fact that certain libraries are almost a mass of dust by the books and valuable ones falling to pieces. Nearly all authors on this subject agree that the pace which is used in the first cause or a great help to all the waste committed by these dangerous bibliophobes. Then something must be put into the paste which will resist all these insects and keep them at a distance. The most suitable for this is a mineral salt such as alum or vitriol, vegetable salt such as potash dissolve readily in a moist air and make marks or spots in the books. From experience it is most desirable to banish everything that may encourage worms, and as it is very rare that persons who occupy themselves with books are not in want of paste for some repairs or other, either to the bindings or to the books, subjoined is a method of preserving the paste and keeping it moist and free from insects. Alum was employed by binders, is not an absolute preservative, although it contributes greatly to the preservation of the leather. Resin, as used by shoemakers, is preferable, and in effect works in the same way. But oil of turpentine has a greater effect. Anything of strong odor, like aniseed, bergamot, mixed perfectly, but in small quantities, preserves the paste during an unlimited time. Or make the paste with flour. Throw in a small quantity of ground sugar and a portion of corrosive sublimate. The sugar makes it pliant and prevents the formation of crust on the top. The sublimate prevents insects and fermentation. This salt does not prevent moisture, but as two or three drops of oil are sufficient to prevent it, all causes of destruction are thus guarded against. This paste exposed to the air hardens without decomposition. If it is kept in an airtight pot or jar, it will always be ready without any other preparation. Books placed in a library should be thoroughly dusted two or three times a year, not only to keep them in their freshness, but also to prevent any development of insects and to examine for signs of dampness. The interior of a book also asks that care 
which unfortunately is neglected very often. After having taken a book from the shelves, it should not be opened before ascertaining if the top edge be dusty. If it is a book that has had the edge cut, the dust should be removed with a soft duster or simply blown off. If it is a book which has uncut edges, it should be brushed with a rather hard brush. By this method, in opening the volume, one need not be afraid that the dirt will enter between the leaves and soil them. Glue. The best glue may be known by its paleness, but French glue is now manufactured of inferior quality, made pale by the use of acid, but which on boiling turns almost black. Good glue immersed in water for a day will not dissolve, but swell, while inferior will partly or wholly do so, according to quality. In preparing glue, a few cakes should be broken into pieces and placed in water for 12 hours, then boiled and turned out into a pan to get cold. When cold, pieces may be cut out and placed in the glue pot as wanted. This naturally refers to when large quantities are used, but small portions may be boiled in the glue pot after soaking in water. Glue loses a great deal of its strength by frequent remelting. It should always be used as hot as possible. Rice glue or paste. By mixing rice flour intimately with cold water and then gently boiling it, a beautifully white and strong paste is made. It dries almost transparent and is a most useful paste for fine or delicate work. Paste. For ordinary purposes, paste consists simply of flour made into a thin cream with water and boiled. It then forms a stiffish mass, which may be diluted with water, so as to bring it to any required condition. It is sometimes of advantage to add a little common glue to the paste. Where paste is kept for a long time, various ingredients may be added to prevent souring or molding. A few cloves form perhaps the best preservative for small quantities. On the larger scale, carbolic acid may be used. Salicylic acid is also a good preservative. A few grains added to the freshly prepared paste will entirely prevent souring and molding. Paste is now made on a commercial scale by various paste companies who send it out to all parts. The paste is exceedingly good and keeps a long time. Photographs. A few words respecting the treatment of photographs may not be out of place here. To remove a photograph from an old or dirty mount, the surplus of the mount should be cut away. It should then be put into a plate of cold water and be allowed to float off. A little warm water will assist in its coming away more easily, but should it not do so, the photograph has probably been mounted with a solution of India rubber, and in that case, by holding it near the fire, the rubber will soften and the print may easily be peeled off. 
Very hot water is likely to set up a reaction if the prints were not well washed by the photographer when first sent out. In mounting photographs, white boards should, as a rule, be avoided because the color of the boards is more pure than the lights of the photograph and deaden the effect. A toned or tinted board is more suitable. They should be damped and evenly trimmed and pasted all over with thin best glue or starch and well rubbed down with a piece of clean paper over the print. If any of the glue or starch oozes out from the sides, it should be wiped off with a clean, damp sponge. As photographs lose their gloss in mounting, they must be rolled afterwards in order to restore it. A special machine is used for this. But it may be wished to introduce the silver print without mounting on a board. To do so, and to keep the print straight, paste a very thin paper on the back, stretching the paper well. This will counteract the pulling power albumen has, and the print will, if this be done properly, remain perfectly straight and not curl up. Albumen. Desiccated egg albumen is now well known in the market in the form of powder. Three teaspoonfuls of cold water added to every one-half teaspoonful of powder represents the normal consistency of egg albumen. See chapter on finishing albumen. The manufacture of egg albumen in the neighborhood of Moscow is carried on in the houses of the country people. The albumen, however, is generally roughly prepared and of bad appearance, and often spoils. But egg albumen is also produced on a manufacturing scale in the neighborhood of Koritshaw, the largest establishment there, numbering 60 to 70 workwomen, using about 8 million eggs yearly. Other establishments using less in proportion. Albumen is also largely manufactured from blood. Five oxen or 20 sheep or 34 calves are said to yield the same quantity of dry albumen, viz. 2 pounds. In producing blood albumen for commerce, the objects borne in mind are the attainment of a substance whose solution is free from color, possesses coagulation, and which is cheap. To prevent tools, machines, etc. from rusting. Boiled linseed oil, if allowed to dry on polished tools, will keep them from rusting. The oil forms a coat over them, which excludes contact from air. Dissolve one half ounce of camphor in one pound of lard. Take off the scum and mix as much black lead as will give the mixture an iron color. All kinds of machinery, iron or steel, if rubbed over with this mixture and left on for 24 hours and then rubbed with a linen cloth, will keep clean for months. To clean silver mountings. Restore the color of tarnished silver clasps, etc. Boil the goods, either silver or plated, in enough water to cover them. For every pint of water, put into it two ounces of carbonate of potash and one-fourth pound of whiting. 
After boiling them for about a quarter of an hour, clean with a leather, brush, and whiting. They will then look as good as new. To clean sponges. Soak the sponges well in diluted muriatic acid for 12 hours. Wash well, then immerse in a solution of hyposulfate of soda, to which a few drops of muriatic acid has been added for a few moments before. When sufficiently bleached, wash well and dry in a current of air. End of section 23